Happy Winning Wednesday. It's your girl, EK Confidence, and this is Your Confidence Reconnected. This is a safe space for entrepreneurial-minded women who want to expose and uproot the negative thoughts, the toxic language, and the bad habits that have kept them stuck. This is a place where we not only get unstuck, but we get the tools so that we can have the confidence to face our fears and become the superheroes that we were born to be. Welcome to Your Confidence Reconnected. Another episode of Your Confidence Reconnected. I am so excited for today's guest. Today, we are going to be talking to my sister, my friend, my intercessor sometimes. Her name is Jarita Shelton, and we're going to be talking about trauma. And before I introduce her, I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Jabrita is an intercessor. That girl is a prayer warrior. She's a child of God first and foremost. She is a wife, a mom. She is a coach. She's a speaker. She's an author. I could go on and on about all the amazing things that she is doing, but I really want to bring her on so she can tell and share her story with you all today. Here is my sister, Javrita. What's up, sis? You are muted. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) How you doing? I am absolutely amazing. I'm doing so much better. Thank you so much, sis, for this opportunity. Thank you for your prayer. Thank you for the introduction. Just thank you for allowing me to be a part of your platform today. So I'm honored. Thank you. No worries. It's been a while, but we finally got these schedules together. (laughs) I've been wanting you on here for a few weeks, but I'm like... God is doing what he's doing. You've been busy. You've been working. You've been out there changing the world. So I am super proud of you. Um, Like I said, today we're talking about trauma. And the interesting thing about me and this show is I'm all about the breakthrough. Like I love the, the journey, but my favorite part of the journey is the breakthrough. And As I get to know you, the more I learn, the more intrigued I am, the more about you I want to know. And when we first started talking about trauma, what you didn't know, because I didn't share with anybody, is I didn't know that I had gone through certain traumatic periods in my own life. Mm -hmm. I have a brother, a half brother and a half sister that were murdered six months apart. And the funny thing about being from Chicago it's easy to talk about murder very matter of factly. Mm-hmm. And so I would talk to certain friends and they'd be like, you know, that's pretty traumatic, you know, and just witnessing my parents yeah. grieve and things like that. So I would love to know how you define trauma. Um. So first, let me just say to um, that I, I'm sorry that that has been your experience in terms of you know, losing both your half brother and half sister. And I know the impact of that and um, the stain that that grief could really leave, you know, in our hearts and in our lives. Um, But how I like to identify trauma is I like to say that trauma is um, an eruption of um, continuous events that disrupts our life. So for instance, you know, there's three levels of trauma. There is an acute trauma, there's a chronic trauma, and there's a complex trauma. 
right? Um, acute traumas is usually happens when there's like one isolated incident, you know, such as rape um, or molestation. It's just like one incident that really changes or transform the continuity of your life, right? Um, and then you have the complex, the acute, the, uh, the uh, chronic trauma. Chronic trauma is, you know, one or two different events that have happened that changed your psychological or your emotional capacity um, and shaped, you know, shaped you differently, right? And then you have complex trauma. Complex trauma is, you know, levels upon levels upon levels of trauma. So, for instance, you were talking about, you know, um, uh, murders being something that's normal in Chicago. We know that very well in Chicago, Gary, Indiana, right? So we pretty much know that that is, especially over the last few years, how that has impacted our community in a very significant way. Um, but complexity traumas is, you know, levels of trauma. So it could be murder. It could be, you know, sexual abuse. It could be domestic violence. It could be a combination of all of these things. It could be, you know, being bullied. It could be, you know, bullied not only by your peers, but by parents. It could be a variety of things that we experience. Um, and so um, I like to say that as black people, as black men and as black women who have grown up in low poverty communities or who have, you know, uh, succumbed to, you know, um, any type of um, poverty, like in terms of their community, like the the uh, aesthetics of the community, the change of the community, like Detroit, you know what I mean? Like different uh, places really, really impact the, complex the, the complexities of your traumas. Um, because when you grow up and you and you begin to normalize hearing ambulances or normalizing hearing, you know, police cars, normalize hearing gunshots, mm -hmm. um, normalizing being able to, you know, to identify, you know, wagons pulling bodies out of the street and different things like that. Those are very traumatic experiences and those are complexities because it lays one on top of the other. So mm -hmm. what makes it complex is because it's not just, you know, uh, a this or a that it's a this and of that and of that. So it's, you know, um, so that's how I like to describe, even though there's more than three levels, I really focus on those three levels to really give people an, an idea or understanding of what it looks like. Right. So, for instance, a child that grows up um, in a household with a, a family member who is um, has substance abuse, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction or um, grow up in a household where they have an uncle that's the abuser and they have a mother or father that's also, a you know, um, an alcoholic or a drug addict. Those are com complex traumas because so many things come from that. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> That's deep. You just made me think about some other things I went through. <laughs> my because you think your household is normal when you're growing up. You think that the things that happen to you, the things that you experience, that's what everybody experiences yeah. until you get older and you start talking to people and you start sharing experiences and you're like, oh, everybody hasn't lost a sibling. Um, so moving on, mm -hmm. one of the things that I have always loved about you is you are a lover of people. And I love people, but I think, <laughs> I think you might love people a little bit more. Than <laughs> me. Uh, but you have always been a, a ray of sunshine. Every time I talk to you, you are just, I've even seen people say, and you've seen it too. They're like, you look like you give the best hugs. Um, <laughs> and knowing a little bit about your story, I have even heard you say, like, you didn't always understand why God gave you the capacity to love the way that you do. 
mm-hmm. considering things that have happened to you. So mm-hmm. I would like for you to talk a little bit more about that piece, how it relates to your particular trauma. Um, okay, so I'm gonna take you back to bring you forward just a little bit. So, you know, I mean, I grew up, you know, we had my childhood trauma really was an, uh, indirectly um, affected by the the issues that my mother and my father had, like in their marriage. Right. Until it came to a point where I was able to separate their madness from my very own. Right. Um, and so. I was very frustrated in my life because I was very abused. I was not only abused. My mother and my father never, they never abused my brother and I. So just to be clear about that, we were indirectly affected by their abuse. So their toxicity um, between each other, my father being an alcoholic, you know, being addicted to drugs. um, And he was also, you know, a guy from the streets. So mother, her, in essence, she really, you know, wanted to be a, 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 you know, a good wife, a good mother. And she was, she was an excellent mother, um, which is a part of this love that I'm getting ready to be able to share with you. Um, And to this day, my mother still loves us really, really big. Like Mm -hmm. she's really, really um, this huge, light you know you've seen pictures like oh I see why you where you know where you get it from but you know just to kind of go back to my story a little bit um I didn't I didn't understand my capacity I did not understand it was like people would do things to me and I would get over it quickly I had a I had an ability a, a, a really um large ability to be resilient to get up to get up stronger to get up mightier to get up and be like oh okay that's it's over now like you know what I mean like it doesn't even matter anymore it's over now Um, and I didn't, I didn't know where that came from. I didn't know why I was so resilient. I didn't know why when I saw things, it, you know, I would cry, I would get over it and I will move on. Right. Mm -hmm. Where I also have experienced people who go through things and they hold those grudges and they hold on to stuff for so long and Mm -hmm. they don't know how to let go. So, you know, growing up, um, I was bullied just a little bit when I was a child, but it was common in our community to be called names. It was common, you know, to be talked about. It was common to be laughed at. You know, of course, as you get older and you understand the the dichotomy between the psychological and emotional impact of that, as a child, you don't really understand. You're just like, okay, whatever. Right. Um, but you know, being in when I was in high school, you know, I was also either known for fighting or I was known for singing. Okay. Right. I was, it was either fighting or singing. Don't bring nothing to me because I was a fighter because that's what I saw. That's what I experienced. I experienced domestic violence in my household. So I saw my, you know, father, you know, fight my mom and different things like that. And so um, as a result of that, I learned how to deal with my issues violently. Mm. I was very afraid of seeing myself be angry because I knew what anger looked like. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so anger for me looked, you know, it was it was very scary to be in a place to see myself come to anger because I did not trust myself to know if I was bring be able to bring myself back from that. Um, But being in relationships, you know, um, being broken hearted, you know, just all of the things that we go through growing up. Right. As we get into, you know, adolescent and all of these other spaces of our life. Um, and then coming into a realization of understanding, you know what? I've had the ability to bounce back from things that I, I see a lot of people be stuck. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of people 
who have broken relationships with their parents because of what they went through, um, who, you know, can't to this day don't want to speak to their mom, don't want to have anything to do with their father, you know, because of what their father was or was not or because their father wasn't there or because their mother wasn't the, the mother that they thought they wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have these titles that we play up to these titles, the influence of these titles, which really, in essence, the titles is really, in my opinion, is just another way for us to judge each other based on what we do and what we don't do. And so um, when I realized that I had a large capacity is after the depression, right? After the um, attempts of suicide, um, after being abused by people and still allowing them to be in my space and not having any type of reaction of feeling that I had to get vengeance or pay them back for them doing things to me that, that I felt was unfair or that should not have ever been done. Um, and that came by way of, I've, I've always been a woman of faith, you know, even as a young child, um, understanding that I, I really truly believed God. I truly believed his word when he said that vengeance is mine, that you don't have to repay evil for evil that, you know, I will repay, you know, um, I will repay the people who've done you wrong. Like I took that literal, I took that as my own. So a lot of things that people did to me, Rather than me stay stuck in the situation, I tried to learn from the situation and make myself better from the situation. Um, And so my capacity, when I first realized how large my capacity was, I broke down, sis. I was like, God, why? I want to be angry. I want to be mad. I want to be pissed off. Like I wanted to be mad at the people who hurt me. And I could not find it in me to be that way. Wow. If I wanted to hold grudges, I had every reason to hold grudges. If I wanted to be disrespectful, I had every reason to be disrespectful. Right, right. But I just didn't have it in me to do so. One thing I think we should definitely notate, though, is the fact that you made a decision. It's one thing to just have the capacity, but at some point you have to say, you know what, I'm choosing to be faithful to what God God said. I'm choosing to have peace over anger. I'm choosing to have joy over depression. Come on. Like, I feel like we definitely want to, because so many people right now are stuck. Mm -hmm. So many people have tried to attempt suicide. So many people are drowning their trauma in weed and liquor. And that's what I did Mm -hmm. because I didn't even know I was drowning in trauma. I thought I was thought I was having fun and partying and but I was miserable Mm -hmm. and so can you just speak because you 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 already said madness once so I know we got to talk about madness (laughs) but because you you you're talking about the choices that you made and the breakdown that you had when you talked to God and you're just like why how at what point, if you can remember the moment, like when did you when did you make the decision? You know, I really and, and you know what I really would have to think about when I made that decision, to okay. be completely honest. And I say that, sis, because um when I was going through what I was going through, not understanding the impact, right? Not understanding how it really had affected me. I had no idea um that, you know, my father's um alcoholism 
would show up in my relationships with me choosing guys that that resembled the same some of the wow. same attributes. Right, you know right. What I'm saying, like, when I began to understand to really sit back and think about my life and the way that my life had gone because of the choices that I made based on experiences that I had encountered in my life, yeah. right? Based on the fact that I disassociated myself to being trustworthy to make mm -hmm. the right decisions for myself based on the circumstances that I was in, mm -hmm. right? Or the door, or based on the fact that I made a choice, the choice that I made didn't turn out the way I thought it should. And so now I don't trust myself to make this decision anymore. Wow. So there was a lot of things that happened in my life as a result of the choices that I made based on the experiences that I had, whether it be childhood, whether it be from the sex, the, 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 the sexual abuse or the molestation, whether it be, um, you know, falling into alcoholism. I, too, fell into alcoholism. Like I grew up in the church. I knew about the word of God, but I didn't understand holiness. Yeah. Like a lot of people doing church at church, but a lot of people doing something different at home. Yes. And so mm -hmm. I didn't associate holiness to God. I associated religion, but not holiness. Right. And so as a result of that. I made choices and decisions based on, you know, my broken perspective of what I thought was normal. Like you talked about normal in the beginning. And a lot of times we grow up with these ideas or these uh, perception or this perspective thinking that it's normal because it's the world in which the conditions in which we live. Yeah. And it's not until we step out of those conditions that we realize, OK, something's wrong. Yeah. Right. Something's wrong. And not that it's always wrong, but something looks different from what I know to be true or what I know to be normal. Yep. And as a result of that, mm -mm, and as a result of that, as a result of that, we um, oftentimes put ourselves in these spaces, mm -hmm. right? Where we spiral out of control and don't know how to get back. So for me, when I got fell into alcoholism, it was really a, a, a form of rebellion. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, well, I'm going to do everything opposite of what I was taught because what I was taught now seems to be a lie. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so while my eye was set on this goal, my perspective has shifted based on the disalignment that I saw when I saw people living one way and living one way in one space and then living in a different area or a different way in another space. And that was confusing yeah. because for a child to go through life and to see something in one perspective and then for it to present itself in a different way, mm -hmm. that's confusing. Yeah. And so nobody was around to be able to help me put the pieces where the pieces needed to be. So I draw my own conclusions. And as a result of drawing my own conclusions, I made my own decisions. And those were premature decisions that landed me into some some situations that I should have never been in. Yeah. Right. Put me in, in, in spaces and places. Put put me in the bed of men that I should have never been in. Come on, sis. Put me with a, a bottle in my hand that I should have never had. Put me with, you know, uh, smoking weed, like getting high when I, I knew I had to go do a drug, a drug test, like different things like that, that I've experienced as it relates to my own brokenness and not knowing how, not knowing where I was broken, where it needed to either even come together. Mm -hmm. Right. Growing up in a community where we didn't talk about therapy. 
the only therapist that we knew was in the church was the pastor. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's so many different things that we find ourselves in these situations and these circumstances based on, like you said, the impact of trauma, not even knowing that that's what we're actually dealing with. Yeah. So we go through life and we have the residue. We're always dealing with the residue until we resolve the pain. Right. We're always dealing with the residue until we resolve the pain. And so in dealing with the residue, the residue for me looked like low self-esteem. The residue for me looked like, you know, the inability to, to manage my finances. Yeah. The residue for me looked like, you know, being in relationships that were dead ends, being abused by people that I thought loved me. But really, in essence, they were only getting from me what I was actually allowing them to receive from me. Right. Not having the, the lack of boundaries, yeah. like all of the things that we um, we do as a result of our own brokenness or our own trauma right. that we're not even aware of. We're not right. even conscious of. Right. So, you know, as it relates to, you know, um, I think going back to the question, I hope I answered the question, but <laughs> you did. Going, okay. Going back to that question is like, you know, how do we, um, how do we begin to see ourselves in our trauma? How do we begin to see the traumas and the impact of that? And how do we begin to now divert it so that those same traumas are not bleeding into our children, are not bleeding into our jobs, are not bleeding into our relationships? Like, how do we begin to do that? Right? Right. And as I thought about it, I'm not sure if you answered the question. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. This is a good point. Because what I caught was there has to be a wholeness. And we got to work on getting whole. We believe in God. There's no wholeness without God. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you take him out of the equation, as soon as I take him out of the equation, I'm on a tailspin. It's like mm -hmm. a plane that's about to crash into earth. Mm -hmm. And the further I get away, it's like if you can imagine a cord that's not plugged into the wall. It's like the further the cord gets away, the more disarray mm -hmm. my life my life is. And almost 99% of the time, the root of that is a traumatic experience. And for me, it was like, why am I making these choices? Why am I staying high? Staying high. I mean, and I was a selfish smoker. I was like, I didn't want nobody to know I was doing it. I was by myself. You see, you know what I'm saying? By mm -hmm. myself. I had no desire to do it with people. Mm -hmm. Like I was a selfish drinker. You know, mm -hmm. if I saw somebody reaching for my drink, because I'm I'm particular, I only like one type of drink. So it was like I was just like, God, why am I this way? And then once I would get, once I would get high drunk, I would turn into this person that I didn't realize people didn't want to be around. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm just, I'm just blunt and take it or leave it. And it was very unattractive, mm -hmm. you know. And um. So I had to dig deep. I had to dig deep. And it, like you said about your own situation, it went all the way back to feeling ugly and feeling too black mm -hmm. and being, and, and I'm loud and outspoken naturally mm -hmm. and just being told to shrink that, you know, mm -hmm. like, ugh, nobody wants to be around all of that. So thank you for sharing that. I think people need to realize, hey, you're fine just the way you are. People say nobody's perfect, but when God looks at us, we are perfect to him. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. Mm -hmm. And but we, but we have to get our own self together. Um, we got to get whole first. Mm -hmm. 
so that we don't pass these things on our children. But the beauty, the beautiful thing is once you realize what you what you're lacking or what you need to fix, then it's easy to go back in to explain those things to your children. Right. Um, and that's 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 what I love. So let's talk about the madness. Mm-hmm. Recently wrote a book called Mind Your Madness. I love the acronym. I want you, you had a boot camp. I want you to talk, tell us about how this came about and what it's all about. Okay. So, um, you know, you said a lot. Okay. I'm going to go to this first. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, you said a lot and, and that's, and it's so true and it was so good. So my, the madness for me, um, getting to a place where it took me about 14 years in in essence. It took about 14 years for me to really truly understand what my process was, what happened to me, like being able to bring all the pieces together, understand the emotions and the effects of the emotions that I had over time as it related to my experiences from childhood up until I was about 27 years old. Um, When I was at 27 years old is really when I began my journey to healing Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 42 now. Okay. So, well, I'll be 42, but, um, from 27 years old is really when I began and I began to learn true holiness. I began to learn, you know, um, just get in the word, right. Really began to see myself as God saw me. And then I went from 27 to about 33. And then I had another blow and that blow was one that almost took my breath away. Mm-hmm. Um, And so um, from 33 to like maybe 36 is when I was piecing my life back together again, you know, from that life experience, um, that hard blow. And then from like 36, like I said, I'm almost I'm almost 42 now. So it's just been more like healing, intentional healing. Um, And so the madness for me, like, again, it started in childhood. I was about 27 years old when I really was able to define the line between what happened in my mother and father's life and how it rolled over into my life, but also being able to make the distinction to say, I don't hold against my mother and father what was and what did, but being able to understand my responsibility, the choices that I made to bring my life to where it was and the choices that I needed to make to get myself out of that situation. And so, um, it was a journey, sis. Like it literally was a journey. I'm talking about from the ugly cries, you know, to, you know, going to therapy, to um, talking to other, you know, just not being bold enough to have the conversation, even when it was uncomfortable yes. for people to have it. Right. Um, asking the hard questions, not only to others, but asking those deep, hard questions to myself. Mm-hmm. What does your life look like? Where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Are you doing the things that's going to set you on that path? Like, and then also learning a level of self-forgiveness because it, I, I was real good at forgiving other people, but I was real bad at forgiving Jabrita. Wow. And so I had to come to a place where I had to tell myself, and I remember the, the encounter so distinctly because I was at work and I was working. And I had already began, you know, praying around this particular thing. And I'm like, God, you know, I just don't know why this? And you know, those conversations we have with God, I don't understand this and I don't understand that. Can you just give me some answers? Mm -hmm. And I remember this particular night at work and I was sitting at my desk and tears began to fall down my face. 
And all of a sudden, I remember my mouth began to say, Jabrita, I forgive you. Jesus. And it wasn't just that I was able to say, I forgive you. It was also, I forgive you for this. And I forgive you for that. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so profound because it, I was able to identify the areas that had been broken and waiting to be arrested for my own self-forgiveness to truly be able to transform that healing. Yeah. Though I had gone through therapy and though I had, you know, been in and out of there, I had been in and out of therapy for several years at this point. Mm -hmm. um, some therapists good, some, you know, I had to keep moving because all therapists, just because they have, you have therapy, you have to find your right fit. Right. Um, and so in and out of therapy, of course, still in church, still seeking God, still on my knees in prayer, um, still doing all of the things, just trying to find, you know, that level of healing that I needed. I had a few people around me that I can talk to that will provide some insight, you know, and kind of help me help guide me a little bit along the way. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I found that place of rest with God that I truly began to come to understanding of what his love was, that I was able to live in a place of, you know, heal, heal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Minding my madness, sis, was, you know, um, understanding the pain of my past, understanding the disruption of my future based mm -hmm. on that pain that was unresolved, mm -hmm. based on the things that I didn't want to talk about, the things that, you know, I've never been one to hide much of anything. So that's never been me. However, I knew that my ugliness was hanging out and I was ashamed of that. Yeah. I was ashamed to let people see that because um, I've been in places where I've let people see that and they abused it and yeah. they took it for weakness and they and they used it to their advantage um, versus them actually being the help and the healing that I needed in those spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that madness for me really began to unpack the depression um, unpack, you know, the, the, the multiple attempts of suicide, you know, what brought me to that level of that depth of pain? Mm -hmm. What brought me to the point of me saying, I, I no longer want to live or I want to take my life. Like what brought me to that? And so I remember even in my marriage, there was times where the Lord said to me, you are not your mother and your husband is not your father. Mm -hmm. I attributed, you know, parts of my marriage. It was so you know, close in proximity where it almost looked like the madness of what I experienced as a child was showing up in my marriage, but I knew it was a lie. I just didn't know how to distinguish yeah. because I was still going through, right. My process of healing to get to the other side. And so, um, mind your madness, of course, was birth. Um, and it's still birthing, right. It was, it's, it's, it's already breaking forth and it came out of P2P. Um, but when I looked at my mat, the method and I was like, Lord, I said, what are you do doing here? Like, I don't, you know, I, I understand what you're telling me to do, but I don't understand in full. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow. So, and as he showed me, he said, this is the process that you have gone through. This is you, you minding your mental, you had to understand where you were mentally to even be aware of what needed to happen next. Yeah. Then it was mind your attitude. How am I showing up in these spaces? Yeah. How do I want to respond to that which has been done to me? Do I want to hold a grudge or do I want to forgive? Mm -hmm. Do I want to be angry or do I want to walk 
You know what I'm saying? Do I want to walk in peace or do I want to walk in anger? So, you know, minding my attitude. Then it was about my disciplines. What am I doing daily? What am I doing daily to navigate this madness, to navigate the trauma, to navigate the conversations? Um, How am I, you know, showing up in my practices that's going to help me, you know, create this healthy mind space to, to create this healthy environment? Like, Am I reading every day? If I'm studying the word of God, am I listening to podcasts? Am I listening to, you know, audio books that's going to help me gain the level of healing that I need Mm. around all of the other modalities that I'm doing in terms of my work every day? You know, minding my nuances. What are the nuances? It's the triggers. How, How are these experiences showing up? When I get angry, how do I deal with that? Yeah. You know, you understand what I'm saying? When I when I when you're when you've triggered me, when you've said something that I don't like, when I'm tempted to go upside your head, how do I deal with that? What what what's happening on the inside of me when I'm having these encounters or these experiences, not only of you, but with myself? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes people can look at us and they don't know what's going on inside of us. Right. They don't know how we feel. They don't know that we got the sweaty palms. They don't know that we about to burst or explode because they can't see those things. Right. Usually because they're happening within. Mm -hmm. So how am I minding my triggers? How am I consciously aware of the environments that's triggered me when I walk into these spaces or if I'm around these particular type people and I haven't been healed and these things haven't been resolved and these things show up within me? How am I dealing with those things? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, minding your energy, um, minding my energy, like energetically, how am I showing up in these spaces and in this experience with myself? Because to be completely honest, I can't be no more authentic to you than I'm willing to be to myself. So how am I showing up in these experiences with myself, with Jabrita? And then the last two is minding your soul. You know, we know the soul is the seat of our emotions is where everything dwells is how we feel. I feel it. I, I say it's the it's the gut. Right. It's the it's the pit of your belly is where your emotions really lie. So um, how are we dealing with our soul? Like what's there that yeah. needs to come out? What's there that needs to be healed? What's there that needs to be uncovered or unveiled? Mm-hmm. And then it's the spirit minding your spirit. Right. How are you going to evolve? from these experiences? What are you going to do with what you have been dealt? How are you going to play the hand of life that God has given you through all of the experiences that you have had, through all of the, you know, the trauma, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, the childhood to adolescent to how are you going to deal with all of these things? Where are you going to let them take you and where will you land? So minding your madness is really you know, a seven step process to really help you navigate your healing past or present organically through mindfulness It's truly mm-hmm. just showing you how to elevate your emotions, your thought above emotions It's really being able to give you some practical things to say, hey, I've been there. You know, I, I went through this. I went through that. You're not alone. You can get through it. Here are some resources, you know, to really be able to help you navigate you know, those spaces, because like you said, we started the conversation with most people don't understand how trauma really affects us Mm -hmm. or the spaces of our life that trauma. It literally holds up space. It holds up space. You know, and there are so many different levels and modalities, um, so many different levels of trauma. 
Yeah. And so many different mo modalities of healing trauma that's available to us. But in our community, as you know, as black women, as black men and black women, you know, there's also trauma that's been around therapy. So, you know, yeah. there's so many different aspects to, you know, to it that most people don't want to. Um... Are you there, sis? Yeah, I'm here. Oh. <laughs> your, your screen went blank. Um, you know, that most people don't have conversations around so you know how how will we know what needs to be healed how will we know um how we're showing up in different experiences um when we're not even aware of the traumas and the impact thereof you said a lot mm -hmm. i'm grateful <laughs> i want to mention a couple things so you touched on the therapy piece which i'm glad you did um because therapy has been very instrumental in my life i am still in therapy uh, myself, I guess that's why it was easy for me to recognize it in my own family. Like, yeah, but I, to be honest, I think everybody could benefit from 30 minutes to an hour on somebody's couch. Just my opinion. <laughs> um, but then also you mentioned P2P. So for people that don't know, P2P is a coaching program called Purpose to Platform where we met. But why that's important is because your circle of influence truly does matter it can make the difference from yeah. being inactive to being active it can take you from depression to victory like being in a changing my circle of influence has changed my life so i think that that's something i i, I definitely want to highlight and amplify that yes, but I, I love this madness method and i think that if if going to therapy isn't your jam or getting an approach coaching program isn't your jam you should definitely pray that god reveal the divine connections that can help you because our sister circle is so strong you know you want to when you're having a bad day you want to call somebody that's not going to just stay in your bad day with you it's like come mm -hmm. on we got to come out of this we're going to pull each other out of this and that's what i love so thank you for sharing all of that I do want to ask you what, so you kind of told us about your madness method. What would you say to that 10 year old, 12 year old, 14, 19, what would you say to that individual that after listening to this, they might be thinking, okay, maybe I'm dealing with trauma, but they're coping by eating too much. Mm -hmm. or drinking or smoking or fighting mm -hmm. what advice even if it's like a starting point or like what what would you suggest they do starting from where they are right now today well sis to speak to that i would actually say um to really be able to identify it um really think about what's driving this behavior Right. Like, why is it that I'm overeating? Why is it that when I'm happy or when I'm sad or when I'm feeling lonely or, you know, isolated? Why is food the first thing that I run to? What is that level of comfort? Why is that comfort there for me? Because typically we lean to things that give us comfort. Yeah. Because when we are in pain, we only want to soothe the pain. We want to stop the pain, the hurt. We want to stop that. Right. 
Um, and so for some people, it's food. For some people, it's sex. For some people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's isolation. Um, you know, for some people, it's, you know, binging out on, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, the jam is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would really speak to say, um, begin to ask yourself the hard questions, like be able ask yourself questions that will bring you to the identifying p- process of what that issue or their problem may be. Once you're able to identify um, with yourself, resonate with yourself, okay, this happened, right? Or I'm dealing with this because of, you know, a breakup, you know, it could be a breakup that drove you, you know, over the edge, whatever it may be that drove you over the edge, being able to really identify what that issue, even if you can't get down to the totality of the problem, but just being able to identify the extensiveness of that, of that issue is, you know, once you're able to identify it, then you need to be begin to um, like for me, one of the things that I did was I, I wrote I had journals and I would write like pretty much everything. I would get up when I begin to you know mind my disciplines. I would get up in the morning and I would just write for like three minutes. Just write. Um, it didn't didn't have to make sense. Right. I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking to read my journal and be like, oh, this sounds like me. No, I just needed to get it out. So yeah. finding somebody that you can talk to. Um, sometimes I had to dance in the madness. Sometimes I had to cut on music and just sing until I, you know, till my heart was content or yeah. dance until I got tired, you know. Um, but like you you mentioned one thing is that community of support too. Yeah. That community of support is so crucial when you are in, in your valley, when you're yeah. in your valley, yeah. when you're seeking help. Um, finding somebody that you can truly trust, that you can truly lean into. Um, And like you said, not a person that's going to stay in it with you, Mm -hmm. but that's going to say, okay, sis, now that you're done crying, let me give you some tissues and let's get on up from here. Now, this is the next thing that we have to do. You know, getting somebody that's not afraid to get in a boat with you. Somebody that's not afraid, you know what I'm saying? That if you ain't even got enough strength to pick up the tissue, they're going to pick up the tissue and blow your nose for you while you cry cry through it. So being able to identify, one, that there is a problem, being able to connect and lean into a support group, um, you know, finding, you know, different things that ease it, like ease your mind for the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be experiential. It doesn't have to be circumstantial. It could be for the moment. It could be in this moment. I'm so angry right now. I just feel like doing whatever because, you know, a a lot of my trauma because of my um, the the abuse in my background turned from me anger and rage. So I was very violent. Mm. I'm I'm aggressive by nature. So I was very violent. You understand? So, you know, um, even though I didn't want to see myself anger, I knew that I was violent. It, it took nothing to set me off. It took nothing for me, you know, to to let you know how I felt or let's, you know, let's go toe to toe. And it didn't matter if it was male or female. Like I had my mind did not allow me to have fear when it came to certain things because I just I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You understand? So as a result of that, you know, um, I began to write, you know, begin to dance. Sometimes it's coloring. It's it's being in tune with yourself too, being able to know what you need, you know. Um, also being able to find other, you know, um, I don't want to 
we we do coping so well. So I hate to say coping mechanisms um, because we've learned how to cope. It's yeah. just what we do as, yeah. as, as you know, in our community, it's just what we do. Um, but really try to find healthy uh, mediums of diversion. Yeah. To divert your thought, to divert how you're feeling, um, whether it's a conversation with someone. Um, again, you know, maybe it's getting in the car, taking a drive, you know, um, maybe it's cutting on music, listening to a song. Maybe it's reading a book. Um, maybe it's watching a movie. Yeah. Whatever you have to do to mind that madness to just to divert that thought, even before a second to give yourself some space and relief. Um, because if you don't, your your old um, nature will pull you back. Yeah. Your old nature will put you back into a space that you will later regret because you were in the moment because you were in the impulse of that experience versus letting that experience have some space and then being able to appropriate, you know, how you show up. So. I love that. Thank you. Thank okay. you. We're wrapping up soon, but <laughs> I do have to ask because this is EK cop. This, this is where the supers live. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> please tell us what is your superpower? You know, I have really been thinking about this since I saw the post the other day. And I really believe that my superpower is transparency. Mm. My superpower is transparency because I will go to the valley. Yeah. And I will walk you to the mountaintop. Yeah. I truly believe that my superpower is transparency. I have no problem getting in it with you, but we're not going to stay there. No. And transparency <laughs> is so important because that is what makes you relatable. That is what lets people know they are not alone. It's like, hey, guess what? My mess might be a little bit dirtier than yours, but look at me on the other side. It's room for you to come on. Let's, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay. So tell us how we can support you and what, what you got going on. Where, where can people find you? So you can you can actually find me on Facebook. You can find me um, at Jabrita Shelton Co. And uh, Mind Your Madness Experience. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at both handles, Jabrita Shelton Co. Or Jabrita Shelton Co. And Mind Your Madness Experience. Um, I am actually getting ready to open up a the Madness Forum where we'll be talking about, you know, unpacking trauma, unpacking different experiences. Um and Mind Your Madness Experience uh, community is really just a community for women to come together and really begin to have the conversations, normalize the conversation around trauma, uh, normalize, you know, uh, get practical tools and tips as to how we can manage our madness on a daily basis. And then really be able to show ourselves how to navigate, you know, from, you know, being in the, the depth of the pain to now being able to get on the other side of it and through that through that experience. Awesome. Well, I cannot thank you enough for showing up today. Um, I used to say half the battle is showing up. I still believe that, but mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, what you going to do once you show up? Like, mm -hmm. let's, let's win the other half of that battle. So I appreciate you. I'm sure somebody took something away from today. You certainly blessed me. I kind of hate, I couldn't take some notes, um, <laughs> but I guess I'm just going to have to sign up for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. You are a gift. You are a gift. You are amazing. And I need you to know that I appreciate you. I love you so much. And you will have to come back again later to talk about 
some other amazing <laughs> life-changing world changing stuff okay I love you, sis, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for allowing me again to share your platform, to share your story, um, to share with your community. And I just pray that, you know, something was said that somebody will be blessed and their life will be changed. So thank you so much. I love you. You're welcome. All right, y'all. We will catch you next week on Your Confidence Reconnected. Thank you so much for joining. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all, be sure to rate and review this week's episode. And if something was said here today that resonates with you, go on ahead and hit the subscribe button. These are the kind of topics we talk about weekly here at Your Confidence Reconnected. And if you are one of those people that feels ordinary in life, I want you to know that you still can do extraordinary things and walk out your extraordinary purpose. Thanks again. See you next week right here on Your Confidence Reconnected.